on a series, it's, it's a tremendous series, and it's talking about how to build a spiritual wall of protection around your life. The wall of protection will spare us from all types of trouble that otherwise we would have to go through and might go through. But first of all, to build that, uh, build that strong wall of spiritual protection around us, we talked about we need to read and listen to the Bible consistently, like every day. It's not, a, it's not a hard thing to do. It's a very easy thing to do because it feeds our spirit and many other things. Number two, we talked about we need to pray daily. We need to talk to God daily. And I've given you several times, and I will continue throughout the years, give you that sort of uh, foundational scriptural prayer in the Lord's Prayer. And sort of each category even can um, be used today. And it helps me to have a structured approach in my prayer. Then I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, so I pray in between the lines, and it's a good thing. So number three we're talking about, now this number three category says quickly repent and receive forgiveness and receive and extend forgiveness from others and to others. So this subcategory has about four teachings within it, and we're going to talk about the second part of quickly repent and receive forgiveness from God for yourself. Now, self-examination and repentance from sin, it is critical. We have got to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of our heart comes the issue of, issues of life. I'm getting ready to minister to Bishop's men, and, and he asked me to talk about the heart of men, and why, why do we need to uh, minister, I mean, why do we need to protect our heart? Because it's a heart that gets born again. It's the heart of man that, that is led by the Holy Spirit. If we have a clogged or, or, or you know, sort of a, a fogginess in our spirit man or condemnation, we can't hear from God. We can't follow God. The God also that's in us and in our spirit directs us, and he also corrects us. Did I say that right? Okay, so guess what? If we're not taking heed to God's correction, it's going to be very difficult for us to take hold of his direction. It gets, it, gets un, it gets, you know, just cluttered. When we walk, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. You operate in faith from your heart. Just imagine if you're not taking care of your heart, you can't have an effective faith life, which we know this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Think about your heart. I, I hadn't thought about it this way, but I was like, well, what's, why is it so important to, uh, you know, just really protect our heart? Because it's in our heart that we're the righteous, righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's our heart that we need to make sure there's therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus for those who walk in the Spirit and don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's all these things we've got to protect our heart. So self-examination and repentance from sin is critical, and we gave you a definition last week. Worth repeating on repentance. Repentance in Christianity means a sincere turning away in both the mind and the heart from, from self to God. It involves a change of mind that leads to action. If you really truly are repenting, you're like, I don't want to go in this direction anymore. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to change. And it's going to lead to a different action in my life. Please get a hold of repentance because just getting forgiveness from somebody and keep doing what you, what you had to get forgiveness on is not true repentance. It means, man, you're before a holy God, a loving God, a just God. 
And any step out of, out of you know, out of the word of God is, is sin. And any step out of faith is sin. Any step out of the love of God is sin. And, and, and our heart should pick it up and we should quickly get it right. Get it right before God. And most of the times you'll need to get it right before people. A lot of our challenges in this life have to do with what? People. So the radical turning away from a sinful course to God, a person who is truly repentant recognizes God the Father as the most important factor of his or her existence. Let me go on to some other things about repentance. The sure test, you know you go through some tests sometimes? That's past those tests, right? So we can come up to a higher level. The sure test of the quality of any supposed change of heart will be found in its permanent effects. By their fruits you shall know them is an applicable to the right method of judging ourselves and judging others. I don't judge others, but I do examine their fruit. Because every tree is known by their fruit over time. They might be able to just sort of be nice and good in your presence and all of a sudden... Uh, you know, where they go somewhere else and they're just, they're just trying to snag you into their world. But if you hang around them long enough, their true colors are going to come out. That's why I, I, I watch people over time. And those people that I watch, it, you know, depends on whether I should, you know, they should be in my life or not. So fruits... People are known by the fruit that they produce. By their fruits you shall know them. It's applicable for this situation. Whatever, therefore, may have been our inward experience, whatever joy or sorrow we, we may have felt, unless we bring forth fruits, meet for repentance. That means, again, whatever that, wherever you cross the line and, and God got a hold of your life, or maybe, maybe you just finally let God break you. And break you down. He wants to build you up, of course. But sometimes we need to be broken of our will. Sometimes we need to be humbled in order for us to begin to walk in humility. And, and you know, it, it is a humbling experience. Well, that was awkward silence, wasn't it? <laughs> Couldn't get into my computer. Oh, wow. Okay, so we need to have fruits... Meet for repentance. Our experience will profit us nothing if we don't have these fruits. Meet for repentance. Repentance is incomplete unless it leads to confession and restitution in cases of injury. Are you getting this? I want to expound on repentance because it's rarely taught on. Unless it causes us to forsake not merely outward sins, which others notice, but those which lie concealed in the heart that you do in the dark, unless it makes us choose the service of God and to live not for ourselves but for Him, there's no duty which is either more obvious in itself or frequently asserted in the Word of God than true repentance. Now that portion of the article was from M. Kokoris in Evangelism, A Biblical Approach. Ezekiel lets us know that God wants us to have a tender heart. Ezekiel 18.40 says, Therefore, O Israel, I will, ju I will judge you, each one according to what? Listen, well, 
whether you like it or not, the bed that you made, that's how, that bed you're going to make. But God goes on to say, repent, turn away from all of your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. The wages of sin is death. We need to examine ourselves in light of what? The word of God. The witness of God also. I, I, I judge myself from the Logos. I don't have a paper Bible here, but you know, I, I read my Bible on my phone. I read the Logos, which is Genesis through Revelation. But also when I'm reading sometimes and I'm bringing before God maybe situations in my life, sometimes he'll unveil a rhema word, which is a quickened word for whatever I'm standing for. That quickened word becomes my two-edged sword to fight the enemy and to have the enemy defeated. And, that, and we just go forward. We use the word and it is written is a good thing to say. What is written about your situation? Colossians 1, 13 and 14, it says, For he has rescued us and he's drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and he's transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption because of his sacrifice resulting in the forgiveness of our sins. Listen, when you go before God, you've repented about something and you receive forgiveness about something, He's canceling that. He canceled that sin and its penalty. Thank God for his mercy. Have you ever needed mercy? Do you think you'll ever need it again? Yes. So guess what? Be a merciful person as well. Hang around people that have good fruit in their life. This is what I see so clearly. Why does the word of God say bad company corrupts good morals? Well, because... Whatever type of person you are, you, preserve, you, you, you produce certain kind of fruit. And within that fruit is seed. And, and if you're hanging around somebody that is not going in the right direction, the words that they speak are seeds trying to enter into your life. The words that they, the actions they take are like seeds that are trying to get into your mind and, and get on down into your heart. So you act just like your company. And you begin to produce fruit, wrong fruit in your life. It, it matters so much who you hang out with. Part of our mandate to uh, Derek and Meredith, we want to raise up more small groups. Groups for men, groups for couples, groups for singles, uh, all kinds of specialized type groups. Because we sometimes we got to get away from those people we're hanging out with. And we need to get in company that will produce good fruit and will you know, release seeds of good fruit in our life. Stand with us. But I thank God for the blood of Jesus. I thank God for the word and the spirit. You know, I follow the, the logos of what God says in his words, but I also follow the witness of what God says in my spirit by the Holy Spirit and that voice that God normally communicates with us and tells us what to do, what not to do, is our conscience. In other words, you either feel good about that person or something about your conscience is saying, man, I'm not, something not right there. Or you, you're, you're endeavoring to go in a direction and, and, and your, your heart is unsettled about it. Well, then you back off and keep doing what you were doing until you get a, a piece that will lead you to a next step. John Piper said, sin is what you do 
when your heart is not satisfied with God. I, I can attest to that. You ever been on a long holiday, and of course you're getting your word in and this, that, but you know, it's just different times, and then sometimes you'll feel just a little bit of a, a, a something lacking. Well, that's when I hide away and I get some more word in, spend some more time with God. I'm going to say it again. John Piper said, sin is what you do when your heart is not satisfied with God. So if you have a crack so big that the devil can slide through it, the first question is, are you watching over yourself? Are you guarding your heart with all diligence? Are you guarding your thought life? 1 Corinthians said, if you judge yourself, you won't be judged. Acts 3.19 says, so repent. What does that mean? Change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of the heat, of reviving with fresh air may come from the presence of the Lord. When I think about repentance and our sins are erased, I thank God without the remission of sin, there'd be, without the shedding of blood, there'd be no remission of sin. Remission means wiping out as though it never existed. Isn't that good? So when we get right before God, he wipes it out as though it never existed. Then the enemy will try, the devil will try to come and, and accuse you and get you back into condemnation of something you've already been forgiven of. But now you, now you have to have fruit, meat for repentance going in the right direction. You know, I think about uh, how many are, are old enough, I don't even know if it's out there anymore. How many remember using whiteout? Whiteout. Is it still available today? Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, how many have ever used a typewriter that had ribbon that was an eraser ribbon? See, about 30 you did that. <laughs> but when I think about having our sins blotted out as though they never existed, it's not like, listen, it's not like God's applying white out to something you did, but if you took the white out away, it would still be there. No, as far as the east is from the west, God removes our transgressions from us. Thank God for repentance. Thank God for recognizing God loves us enough to tell us, bridge out. And his mercy is new every morning. And man, he is so much more merciful than we can ever fathom. Joseph, you need to fix my computer, son. It keeps putting on my code, sister, my code. No, not now, thanks. All right. So number one, we talked about self-examination when it comes to repentance and forgiveness. We, we, we judge ourselves and we ex in inspect other people's fruit. Couples, you should not be uh, doing things with other couples that are not doing good things. He said, but I want to win them to the Lord. Well, you can win them to the Lord, but you have to watch where you go and what you do to do it. I've seen more people pulled down than other people pulling people up in presence of wrong company. There's seed being dispensed. So number two, to be quick to confess sin and receive the cleansing blood of Jesus as a part of this plan 
to build a wall of protection around your life. It's not up to me to get it right for you. You have to come to that point in time and say, God, I'm done. God, I hear you. I, I, I repent. And, and, and I'm full, full disclosure here, God. It's not like you're hiding something from him. God's all-knowing. But he's, he's wanting you to fess up. He's wanting you to get things right. Thomas Watson said, Sin has the devil for its father, shame for its companion, and death for its wages. When we sin, there's a shame about it. There's something not right in our spirit. That's why the more sensitive, the more consistent you are in the word of God in prayer is the quicker you repent when you've done something wrong. And the quicker you learn how to respond to God, that helps you become more sensitive and more sensitive. I told you like last week, I used to be heavy in weightlifting. And, but if you get away from weightlifting, all the calluses go away. Now if I try to stick a pin in that callus, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause me to shout. <laughs> the Apostle Paul is a classic example of genuine repentance. We can see that easily. He opposed Christians and locked them in jail until God rebuked him. He thought he was doing the right thing. Paul repented of his sin, turned away from that sin. His life was a picture of continual transformation. Now, I want to give you a quote by Dr. Henry Cloud, so I want you to think really clear on this. This will be the balance of what we're talking about in this message. Dr. Henry Cloud says, Love is free. Forgiveness is free. Trust and approval are earned over time. I've seen people that uh, it could be the spouse, it could be the husband, it could be the wife, it could be a friendship, this, that, but somebody stepped way over the line. And so they, they repent uh, and, and they ask for forgiveness from God. And what happens? Some people, in their mind, and right so, they know that God removed the sin from them. But they forgot. Once they have received forgiveness and gone to the spouse, a wife or a husband or a friend or whatever the case might be, and asked them for forgiveness, they forgot about this balance. Okay. You've repented. You're going in the right direction. Okay, I, res I be forgiven. I, I, I forgive you. But now that person, that person's healing might come to them in the form of some questions they might need to ask that person. Don't say, God is removing my sin as far as east from the west. Wait, 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 wait. They, they have a right to know some stuff if they need to know it for their healing and, and for their clarity. That's the part that's been missing here. I thank God that God's removed my sin from as far as the east is from the west. Love is free. Forgiveness is free. Trust and approval are earned. We all make mistakes, so I'm not condemning anybody here. 
regardless of why, as soon as we're aware of it, get it right now quickly. Quickly. You don't want your heart cluttered. Where your heart is cluttered, you can't hear from God. When you have condemnation, you can't hear from God. When you're walking in condemnation, you can't walk by faith. You can't even exercise authority over the enemy because you've yielded to sin. And he's the instigator. 1 John 1, 9, very familiar scripture to us. It says, if we, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from how much? All unrighteousness. So when, when you're wrong, repent. Admit it. Then quit it. Then prove yourself clear of it. Say it with me. Admit it. Admit it. Quit it. Quit it. And prove yourself clear of it. Oh, you didn't like that third one. I said, but God said, no, God has, as far as he's from the West, he didn't remember. Well, it, doesn't, it, it just doesn't matter. Some, whatever it takes, if you truly have an humbling experience, you'll do what it takes to clear yourself of the matter. You allow, you will allow that person that you've wronged to ask you questions without getting offended. Number three, when we ignore or try to hide sin, it negatively clogs our spirit, spiritual lives and makes us susceptible to the attacks of the enemy, which I've said a few times already. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them or your wives with understanding, giving honor to your wife as a weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may be not hindered. That your prayers may not be clogged up. Uh, I think I said this last week, but uh, there was there was something that I said to my wife about things done around the house that uh, that I, I thought should have been done a different way. And as soon as I said that, I knew I was in trouble. So what did I do? I said, babe. I didn't mean what I said. You do too much around here. But you know what I also started doing? When I see her doing something, I go and help her. Man, you don't have, to, you don't have any right to complain if you're not willing to help your wife take care of that house. I'm getting grunts. I'm getting amens. Some don't even want to say a word. Somebody thought that pastor heard our conversation coming to church. I don't know. <laughs> By quickly repenting and confessing sin and submitting to the cleansing power of Jesus, I thank God he keeps us free from self-condemnation, keeps us free from our heart being pliable. Remember, this heart thing so much on my mind, I'll be sharing, and then I'm probably going to share it. I need to share it all around the place. It's, it's that good. But um, Proverbs 20, 27 says, it's the spirit of man. It's your heart. It's your spirit of man that's candle of the Lord. Imagine if that lights out because of something you're walking in the darkness about. God cannot lead you at that point. He's very, very merciful, but he's trying to lead you to repentance. So that light turns back on. 
Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and what? Light unto my path. Let your heart become, don't let your heart become hardened by allowing unconfessed sin to build in your soul. Numbers 32 says, be sure this thing, your sin will find you out. You might think you're concealing it, but it's going to be revealed. And God would rather reveal it to you while it's something between you and God that you can get right before it ever has to be known by anybody. I think it was um, Pat Robertson, he said, you know what? Uh, God allowed me to make my mistakes while I was young so that he could have the rest of his life to live differently. If we could just teach our kids to be sensitive to their heart, they won't get into a car of young people that are going to go and, and get drunk and they're going to drive somewhere and go places that they don't need to go. Their heart's going to say, I can't go there. That's happened to my kids before. And I told them, whenever your heart is bothering you, you call us. Put it on us. Just, just put it on us. Say, listen, my parents need me right now. So, uh, look, you know, I'll have to see, see you later. And by the way, your kids shouldn't be hanging out with those kind of kids anyway. What are my, ki- what are my kids going to hang around? Youth group. Kids in the kids' wing. Yeah, young adults. You might like to hang out with me. Because I'm so friendly. <laughs> All right, there's nothing hidden, Mark 4.22 says, that will not be revealed. There's nothing kept secret that will not come to the light. So I'm telling you, no matter what stage you're in, you might be perfectly fine today. You might have a sensitive conscience. But if something's gnawing at you, something's somewhat condemning to you, get it right before God. And get it right before it has to become, you know, public knowledge. Some people have seen big ministers fall. Well, they just didn't fall that day. They have followed many times, many times, I don't say in small ways, before it became a big way. God always tries to have our back. Love covers a multitude of sins, but love covers, but love still does pay attention. Have you ever said you're walking in love and all of a sudden that person you were walking in love with took advantage of you? And realize, come to, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. you're like, I'm walking in love, but something right there. So you walk in love, but something ain't right there. So you walk in love and uh, back off them. Then that which was not supposed to happen won't happen. Number five. In Hebrews chapter 6, Paul lists six foundational truths. I'm not going to go over all of them. I'm just going to single out one. The very first one, matter of fact, is the foundational truth of a Christian. It's repentance from dead works. Now, <clears throat> I have a business something about me. I, I would, when I pray for people, they get jobs. I, just something that happens. My wife and I, um, we just pray for people and and we, we just pray over, over businesses. 
But how many, how many want a promotion? Okay. How many know promotion comes with work? It might be a higher level of work, more effort. But anyway, now some of you went ahead and put your hand down. But Mac Hammond says something that's really, really unique, or not unique, but it's happiness on the job requires us to admit even mistakes on the job. Getting it right. If, if, if something was your fault, don't point fingers. You take the blame. They, you know, in, the, in corporate America or any working environment, they seem to be written rules of modern office politics, and this is what modern politics says. Never, may, never admit a mistake. Always blame someone else. No one likes to have to admit they're wrong. You'll repel people from you if you're not a person that gets things right when you know it's not right and it was your fault. But a major key is finding, finding happiness on the job. It's willingness to say, hey, I made a mistake. Now, scripturally, it says in Proverbs 28, 13, he who conceals his transgression will not prosper. But he who confesses and what? forsakes them will find compassion. Be honest about your mistakes. Becoming known around the office, in the family, around your friends, around the church. Becoming known as a person who's willing to own up to mistakes instead of pointing the finger with others will give you credibility and earn you respect and trust of those with whom you work and live. True repentance and not just remorse, must be present in a person before he can ever move on in his walk with the Lord. In 2 Corinthians, the book of Corinthians, there was this son that had a stepmother, and he actually slept with his stepmother. And Paul called it out. He became aware of it. He called it out. He dealt with that person. Or they did, the church at Corinth dealt with that person. And that person repented. That person asked for forgiveness. But that, that person also ended up doing 2 Corinthians 7.11. Says, just see what this godly sorrow has produced in this person. Such earnestness. Such concern to clear yourselves. Such indignation. Such alarm. Such longing to see to see me, Paul, such zeal, such readiness to punish wrong. You showed that you've done everything necessary to make things right, to clear yourself of the matter. See, that's the missing link a lot of times. Because, oh, no, 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 don't hold anything against me. I would ask for forgiveness as far as east is from the west. But then the Bible says, clear yourself. Earn back the trust. And it depends on what happened. It might take a long time for you to earn back that trust. And you ought to be willing to do it. C.S. Lewis said, a Christian is not one who never goes wrong, but one who's enabled to repent and begin over again. Thank God for redos. Do it over again. Number six. Be honest about your mistakes. Becoming known again as a person who's willing to own up to mistakes instead of pointing the finger at others will give you credibility 
and help you earn respect. Thank God for the word, right? Let me give you the scripture in Isaiah 43. It says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sakes and will never think of them again. There is a Godward part there, but we have scriptural precedence that we need to do what it takes to repent, get forgiveness from God, from other people even. Really, the same way you messed up is the same way you need to get right. If you messed up in front of people, get it right in front of people. If you messed up before one person, get it right before that person. And finally, Hebrews chapter 9 says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves like they used to do in the Old Testament, he entered the most holy place once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. Thank God. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Jesus Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God and move forward. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So how, how, how do we maintain a wall of protection? If you're not repenting, there's a, there's a breach in your hedge. The angels can camp out about those who fear the Lord. But you know what? We don't, want, we, don't, we don't want that fence or that hedge to be breached in any way, fashion, or form. Because the, the responsibility or the job of the devil is to steal, kill, and destroy. When he's trying to mess with you, that's his end goal. That's his end game. But Jesus came to give us life, gave us more abundant life, and he gave us his spirit so we can walk and we can, we can sense when we've done wrong in our spirit. You, you, you uh, feed your spirit on the word of God, your conscience will become more sensitive. You pray in the spirit, your conscience will become more sensitive. You'll come up higher. You know, I wonder if there's anyone in this room today that was, was on fire for God and, and, and now has started to go back to the same things they used to do. Proverbs likens it to a dog going back to its vomit. Get it right. We love you. We've all missed it. As you grow, as you grow you're going to sense the very beginning when you stepped out of love or stepped out of faith or Sinned in any way. So how do we build a spiritual wall of protection? Say quickly. Say quickly. Quickly repent and receive forgiveness from God for yourself. We talked about self-examination and repentance is critical. You might see people doing what you're doing, but you're not to judge them. You're to judge yourself. Now, you're supposed to judge that fruit. You get right, and you've got to get away from those people if they're not willing to change along with you. Number two, be quick to confess that sin. Receive the cleansing blood of Jesus. Number three, when we ignore or try to hide sin, it negatively clogs our spiritual lives. 
Number four, by quickly repenting, confessing, submitting to the cleansing power of Jesus, you'll receive forgiveness and mercy, and it will help your soul be set free. In Hebrews 6, we talked about repentance because it is a major foundational doctrine. And number six, be honest about your mistakes. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Your word is so awesome and it, you're, you're so extending these words today to deal with every person that's on the sound of my voice in this sanctuary, in the foyer area, in all of our overflows, online. Really think about it. And again, don't dig something up if you have to pray a long time if you're wrong about something. Your heart knows it or it doesn't. Here, look at me for a minute. I just had a glimpse of uh, when I was dating my wife. And I had to make a decision whether I was going to marry her and take her back to Tulsa or not. Broken Arrow for college. And I called myself, I need to go to the beach and seek the Lord. Can I tell you something? If you're seeking the Lord long about someone you're dating, break up. I didn't have to go to the beach. In my heart, I knew she, I knew she thought I was the best looking guy in the whole world. And she would just welcome my hand in marriage. We all laugh about it. But if we really think about it, we know. We know what we need to get right. We know when we need to get it right. We know how to get it right. I want us all to pray a general prayer today and think about what we've talked about today. Well, first of all, if anyone is in this room that doesn't know Jesus or out there in the uh, overflow or out there in the, the overflows or online, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, now's the day. Now is the time. You know, the Word says that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us and all of our sin. He said on the third day, he would raise his son from the dead and Jesus would be, be alive and be Lord and be a savior of the whole world. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us so that we could become right with God in Christ. Have you become right with God? Would you bow your head in prayer with me? Let's all pray this prayer out loud. Say, Father, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for all of my sin. I believe on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I believe you're alive. I believe you're the Savior of the whole world. Now I want you to become mine. I ask you, in Jesus' name, and I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. Come into my heart today. I receive you now. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. The rest of us, I just want us all to think about something that might be bothering our heart today. Let's get it right. 
Repeat this prayer after me. Say, God, my heart's hurting me. I ask you to forgive me for stepping over that line. I repent. I turn away from that thing. In Jesus' name, I receive your forgiveness. I confess it before you now. I thank you for cleansing me. Now, let me do something right now. Now, Father, I I break the power of sin off of this crowd, off of this family, off of this people, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, thank you for that power of sin's been broken, and we are set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God is good all the time. It's been a wonderful morning to worship together. I am so glad to be in church. Are you? I am so glad to be in church. I tell you what, there's something significant about assembling. Now, those of you online or everybody here, if you would, take out your device and why don't you get on Facebook and share this message with your your Facebook people. Uh, And just share it in general because I hate it. But there are some churches that have had to close because they couldn't withstand the financial pressures. So there's some people that are needing to find a new church. So we're open to that. Not trying to take people from anybody else's church. No, not at all. But there are some folks out there, whether, whether they go to a church or not, they need to have this message. We would welcome them and you all to Harvest Church. So... God is good, and we look forward to seeing you again on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. It's going to be, is that our prayer night? Yeah, that's our first prayer night. The first Wednesday of every month is dedicated to prayer from 7 to 8. My wife teaches, and then she leads us in prayer. Come and see how you can develop your prayer life. It's critically important that you know how to pray. Now, for those of you who received the Lord for the first time, as you dismiss from, these, uh, from this service, to the right and to the left is, what's that banner? Can't see it. I have decided. There's an I decided banner, so you go see the folks over there. If you need any prayer, in prayer in general, come and see these folks up here. And if you have any questions about this ministry or you want to get involved, see the information table, okay? Let's all stand, please. Isn't it good to have a clean conscience? Oh, isn't it good to be right with people as much as is in you? Let me, let me mention this too. Please listen up. There are times where you repent. There are times when you ask for forgiveness from somebody and they won't forgive you. They refuse to forgive you. What do you do in that situation? Well, you've done all you can, prove yourself for the matter, and then that's between them and God. You, man, one of the things I had to learn in the ministry is I'm not the Savior. <laughs> Jesus is the Savior, and God needs to do with people what only He can do. So you do your part, and let God do what He can do.